Welcome to It's Ms. Max Health and Culture. Health is a way of living and the mindset. Culture is a way of being and honoring who we are as a people. Fuse it together for a way of vibing. Take this journey with me. I'll see you inside. Hello, hello. This is Is Miss Max Health and Culture. Thank you so much for joining us today. And we'd like to give a special shout out to our super producer, Cindy Ashby. Of course, without her, none of this would be possible. Please join us on the wakeupradio.com to listen to our live broadcast. And also please join us at otw2.com. And you can find us on Spotify, iCloud, Google Podcast, you know, and a host of other podcasts will be, it will be down in the recording below so you can check us out. And with no further ado, I would like to reintroduce my special guest today, Brother Ray Coleman. Hey, Ray, how you doing? Pretty good, yourself? It's, it's, I'm doing wonderful. It's such a pleasure to have you back. You know, it's just always great conversing back with you, back and forth with you. And I know when we spoke last night, we kind of touched on what we're going to talk about today. And the topic is, you know, really understanding the conscious community. You know, so many things have been unraveling since the pandemic, the civil unrest. And I think that a lot of emotions uh, were played on during that time. What I'll say the quotation conscious community. And Mm -hmm. so you had a good uh, a good segment on that when it comes to dealing with the conscious community. And, you know, first, I just wanted to um, reintroduce and let the people know who you are, Brother Ray. For those that did not get to listen to our broadcast before, let the people know who you are and what you're about. Yes, I'm a I'm, I'm a retired veteran, and um, and you know I'm about to, I'm about the love and struggle for our people, you know, and you know I I try to do my best to do what I can to improve life by first changing myself because you can't change anything if you can't change yourself. And I think that's what most uh, many a multitude of black people in America need to do is evolve from what we are into a better state of being that way that we can come together and and do even greater things together, you know, instead of depending on the system that's designed against us. Yes, absolutely, so, absolutely. And uh, thank you so much for that for that reintroduction and introduction for those who are just learning who you are. And you know, it, when we when I was thinking about what to talk about tonight, I was really thinking about the conscious community because that's a topic that's near and dear to my heart and one that I myself have been involved in. And Ray, what I found is that in the past couple of years, as we have had the heighten of emotions, we've had the pop-up of various conscious communities. And, you know, everything sounds great in the beginning. We are all about the movement, you know, from the civil rights movement and before that and even after, we've always talked about coming together as a people. And we find that we've we found these leaders who say, okay, yes, I can help lead the way, very confident. The strategy sounds good. Everything sounds very put together. Uh, it seems like we are starting a, a good fight. It seems like we are all working towards a purpose. But then as time goes on, I have found that the agenda was really not the agenda. And that we found that within the conscious community, which is why you see that it's been breaking down bit by bit, is because we're finding that it's really, for the most part, a scam. Now, I'm not saying that everybody in the conscious community, we talked about this, there's some real people out there. But what I'm saying is that we find out is that the conscious community's agenda has been self-motivated, not really for the people, whether it be trying to take your money, whether it be trying to get sex out of women or vice versa, or women trying to get sex out of men. It's just, it just seemed like a big hustle. You know what I mean? And it's a big letdown finding, it's like almost finding the love of your life and then only to be disappointed to find out that the person who they say they were, they're not, it's, it's just uh, superficial. 
the individualism is. Yes, very much individualism. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so that's been the heartbreak for me is that, you know, the constant being let down. Um, and I'll say this and I'll let you get to it. But what I find is that it's very important that when we're talking about following certain leaders that we we have to know who they are, meaning that we have to know their background, where they come from, who's your mama, who's your daddy, auntie, who'd you grow up with, who can vet you. We have to vet. We're not vetting. I feel like we're not vetting the leaders the way we should be or could be. We're caught up in the hype of it. You know, we're caught up like in high school. Remember the popular high school person, how we was in love with the popular high school. All they had to do is seem smooth and cool and and we just followed their every lead. And so I think that the conscious community has taken that stroke from those times back in school. But as we're adults and the, and the causes become more serious, we don't have time to play games. We have to, you know, you, we have to make sure that we're on a mission. You can't get time back. You know, so so what are your thoughts about that? Well, first of all, I'll say this. Um, the, um, my perspective is on the outside looking in. But I'll, I'll say this as well. I see it as um, it has its cons and its pros to it. It's pros and mm-hmm. its The pros to me are that it um, actually <clears throat> um, what, what, what we call awareness or or the knowledge of self or whatever we want to call that, it's actually as old as Marcus Garvey, you know, and it's just being reintroduced because we lost our way because of what happened during after the Cointel Pro War against the Black Liberation Movement and kind of shut things down and they made us look made us feel like we we were we were we were included. And um, as they continue to use the uh, integration as a gentrification, gentrification. So um, reason why I say that it has its pros because it brought the new generations to the light of awareness of, 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 of African, the Africanism and in, in the awareness of ourselves as people. It's some that came out of that that I respect and there's other ones that I shake my head at and I'm disappointed with. But um, a lot of the problem is, is these new age leaders, they don't come out of the community doing things for the community or being a communist organization and building their leadership through the um, support of the communities that they're in. And, 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 I, and I, I also <clears throat> noticed that they lack the, social obligations they should have mm. people that support them you know because unfortunately they you, you know you have to it's it's how us call it is you have to test the waters before you jump in and when you see that if they haven't putting in any work in the community supporting the community taking care of the community developing the organ organizing the community and you know we with nowadays we're trusting them that once they get somewhere, they're going to do something for the community. And then when that time comes, they kind of like, oh, well, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Thanks. You know, you know, and, and so, you know, and then it's another part of that that I'd be looking at. Um, I think we're past the days of the leader, one leader situation as far as us, because that's how the Cointel Pro war against us work because long as we appointing one person as the key leader, it's easy to destroy our movement because you take out the leader, then the followers have nobody to lead them. And the solution to that is, you know, it's just like us being adults. We, we should be responsible for our situations in life, our conditions in life, you know. And as long as we have someone to blame, we're not being responsible. And, and what I'm trying to explain is a lot of us just don't want to deal with the responsibility of being your own leader. And see, and then some people, they frown on being a self-leader, but that, that's, that's really not, the only time it's an issue with a self-leader is if you're an individualist or you're self-centered. You know, that it, it, what I always say is 
be aware of the leader who needs followers. True leaders don't need followers because they they basically, if they're true leaders, they they other people will follow will join in and support them. You know, in their in their actions, if they're if they if they're good actions. So you don't really need um, to be. You can be a leader, but you have to be intelligent enough to and humble enough to support other people that are like-minded or have the same goals in, 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 to, 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 to accomplish as well as you. You, you, you become a comrade, you become comrades, com- leaders of com- comrade, camaraderie of leaders. Mm. And you come together and you make things work because this has got a lot to do with the reason why our, our struggle is not being successful because we are not organizing ourselves. You know what I'm saying? Everybody, you know, everybody want to reinvent the wheel, you know, but back to the conscious community. Now the bad side of it is that a lot of people was misled because, and then I'm, I, I've noticed something else too. Many of us that are the followers, we're looking for that clergyman type of leadership, you know, and I think we need to throw that aside too, because you know it's like you know you, it's like I, I I get the impression that many of us expect these leaders to be all holy and perfect, like Christ-like leaders. You know what I'm saying? And that's part of the program. So we got to really reevaluate a lot of what we're doing, and um, and, and and that unfortunately the the um, the conscious community if you want to call it that, they really gave, they gave our struggle a black eye because all they done was when they finally started fragmenting is they um, really screwed over, uh, quite a few of them screwed over people that were following them. And now it's these people have, that we're, we already have struggling with trust issue among black people and that really didn't help none, you know? So that's the, that's the con to it, you know? But at the same time, at the same time, the concept, cause see, there's really no such thing as a conscious community. But at the same time, it's like me and you was talking about the other day, you're in California and, you, mm-hmm. and, and me and you are on the same page when it comes to black liberation and whatnot. But I'm right. way in, in Midwest Indiana. But my point I'm trying to get to is it would be a great thing if all the people that are really about to struggle would 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 um, would um, congregate into one region together and actually have a physical black awareness community, and then you can work together and and grow that and and become a, a economical support system for our people. So you just can't put your eggs in one basket. You know what I'm saying? We all should be responsible for our situations. And when we come together, we're not coming together to stroke our egos, to outdo the next person. I'm smarter than you. I'm blacker than you. I'm I'm Af- more African than you. You know, we got to get rid of that. You know, everybody got a place in the struggle. We we are under um, we're under a multiple of attacks on us as black people. You know, we, we, we don't have just one black disparity that we're struggling with. We have layers and layers and layers of them. And so by that being said, we need vanguards in many different fronts of our battle for our liberation. And everybody needs to play their part, you know, and, and, and support each other. And, and like I'm saying, we got to come together as in controlling the environment and the situation and getting things done the way we want to and stop depending on the systemic racist system in the political system that's the puppet of the systemic racist system for our solution because it's not going to happen that way, you know? Let's just say in a perfect world, we did try to come together. We It has been done in the past. I found also, let's just say, yes, there's a good concept uh, a good uh, conscious community coming together. We have a great leader. We even have a great community. We can even look back to the Black Panthers to get an excellent example of what it was like when we are organized. So we have seen it done. The problem Mm -hmm. that comes in for us is that 
when we come together, here comes, you, you know who, those three letters coming in. And now we've got COINTELPRO 2.0, okay? Correct. Even if we did come together, you know, I think it's really about making sure that we're the unity. Again, going back to where do we know you from? See, the thing is, when I grew up and probably when you grew up, we were very grassroots. That was the other thing. You talked about not do, um, having uh, the conscious community leaders. They were not accountable in the community. You're right. You have to be grassroots. A lot of people may say, right. well, they didn't like Barack Obama's presidents, but we can at least point him to something. He was on the streets of Chicago talking to the people and we didn't know who he was, but he was out there doing the, the groundwork. You understand? So we can point him back to something. We can point him back to his mother, to his father. We know where he comes from. It's the ones that concern me is that we don't know where you come from. We only know you back, what, five, six years ago? If we even know that much about you. Who are mm -hmm. your friends? Who did you hang around? Those are the things are the telltale signs to me that when you are even talking about a new generation of conscious community, we have to be able to trust you. We have to be able to know who you are as a person. And if you fall as the leader, um, who else is going to come up and take your place? Because this is what I want to say that you talked about the pros and the cons. I think one of the greatest mm -hmm. pros of a conscious community of any type are the people. Because the people are always so real. Their hearts are really in it. They're ready to fight. And these are not stupid people. These are highly intelligent, educated, smart brothers and sisters, right? But like you said, even with the education, we still have that sheepish type of mentality where even though we have all the, we'll support you, but we have to think in the long term when it comes to the part of structure. Okay, if our leader goes down, what is what is the plan B? What is the blueprint? Mm-hmm. And that was so brilliant of you to point out about the Black Panthers, because that was a collection of many leaders working together, you know. And, and, and honestly, the Panthers, when they were the Black Defense Corps, when they were strictly for Black, for the Black people, the Black Defense Corps, they, I think that when, when they started venturing out, and they became a political party, the Black Panther Party, and they started integrating, you know, their slogan was power to the people. That's what their mistake they made because that opened them up to be infiltrated and eliminated. Really, I, I feel deeply in my heart that we need to go underground and have a, mm -hmm. a, a, a Black secret society that's in support of the Black people and establish ourselves underground, you know, and, and once we got a social economical system that's in operation and is, has been, um, what's the word for, has been um, established, then we, and then you really don't need to reveal the underground part of it. And then we can start back to building our black wall streets and whatnot. But the only thing is now that we have the inter internet and so many things, it doesn't have to be centralized in one location. So therefore it won't be an easy target, like just go in and burn down the community and that's the end of them, you know? And then we can spread it so far. The word I'm trying to look for is uh, um, biological intelligence. The first base of biological intelligence is the, the ability to supply your own food sources. That's the type of things we need to work from and then build around that, you know, um, black farmers, black um, livestock owners, um, on and on, you know what I'm saying? That way we have all black vendors feeding into the black stores, you know, grocery stores and whatnot, you know? And that, that could just, and you can build around that and then as you build around that, you start to build yourself a social economical system that has jobs that sit up designed to support and accommodate the black people that hire black people for gainful employment. And then that's something that when our youth come out, they have somewhere to apply their gifts and their greatness 
in something that's support and accommodate them instead of us doing everything to support and accommodate everybody but us. The conscious community, unfortunately, they were a lot of them were greedy. You know, a lot of them were greedy. A lot of them had motives and whatnot. You know, and and it kind of fell apart. And but I'm gonna say this: I've seen that in the past. You know, um, mm-hmm. during the civil rights movement, everybody wasn't in agreement with um, 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 the peaceful movement. You know, I, me myself, I absolutely in my family we wasn't agreeing with the peaceful movement. I, you know, we used to look at TV and we were like, "What is they doing? Why are they letting them do that to them?" I've I've never related to that. But I'm pointing out that in the black struggle, you're going to have that moment of where um, something to start up and then things will start to be a little disrupt and fall away. But what we have to do is not let that stop us. What we have to do is sift the way the bad weak, you know, and, 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 and work on what's good and what's there that's persistent for us, you know, and instead of looking for you a leader, Look for somebody that's going in the direction you're going in and support that person because their because their interests supports the interests that you have. Instead of looking that's at them right. as a leader, look, look at them as your partner and, and, and have your own place in this situation. You know, it's it because see, my experiences, um, my experience, personal experiences in my hometown. You know, um, I was helping a lot of people out against the police brutality, and unfortunately, I got to I got I got to become a little well known among the police for helping other people out for the, with their rights for against the police brutality. And when the police come after me, and I let people know that I expected to support me because I was supporting them, their response to me was, "Well, you just should have minded your business," you know. And um, I kind of knew what they was going to do. I was going to end up being a martyr you know, a t- on somebody's T-shirt and, and maybe some good words and good uh, Ray was this and Ray was that. And that would have been the end of it. So it kind of taught me that you can't trust followers because they're not willing to put their neck on the line for somebody to read them, you know. So it's, it's like it's a, it's, you got to watch all the whole scenario. You know what I'm saying? There's so many different things. It's it's like um it's like now you know i'm looking at a march um i forgot where it was at but they're marching about voter rights and i just shake my head because you know black people are so committed to the democrat and and honestly we were committed to the republicans before we were democrats with them so it's time for us to have the hindsight to realize that Instead of like Lucy, like uh, uh, Charlie Brown and Lucy with the football, <laughs> she, <laughs> she's yeah. not gonna move the football. <laughs> and every time she moves the football, <laughs> he takes the flip. We're right. doing Charlie Brown thing. We keep taking these flips because we keep trusting in something that's not getting us. I say every two years and every four years we we vote for we're black people been voting about them killing us since 1870 to this very day. Well, women, they started voting in the year 2020. But at the end of the day, even that point, we only been every year, every two years, every four years, we're voting about them killing us, trying to vote somebody in that the, 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 for our, our well-being and safety. It's just like the ADOS. I, 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 and then they, they're not the first ones to try to get reparations. You know, it's been people been trying right. to get reparations for many, many years now. But um, the ADOS, their, their, their idealism is to vote somebody into office that, that gives out legislation to support uh, reparations. Now, good luck with that, though, you know, because who, 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 who are you going to vote? We had... We had a black president. He was absolutely against um, uh, reparations. You know, it's just like Kamala Harris. She's mm-hmm. absolutely against reparations for black people. She even right. came out and said publicly, I will not do anything for black people alone. And the reason why I'm pointing that out is because that's the political culture. They will not do anything for black people alone if it doesn't 
benefit everybody in the United States, they're not going to do it. If it only benefit black people, they're not going to do it. So we got to accept that and move on and do things for ourselves and stop, stop supporting people that are not showing that they're doing stuff within their communities. You know, it's uh, uh, like, I, I hate to say his name, but like my Tyree, you know, it, it, it <laughs> fabricates me to realize that this, bro this brother got donations to make all them hidden color sequ uh, sequels, all donations. And now he's getting donations for this, um, this uh, uh, a museum, you know, I don't know. I heard a million. I heard seven million. I don't know. But at the end of the day, do we really need another museum? You know, and, and, and these are kind of things that we got to look at. We're being tricked like that. You know what I'm saying? And, and you know, it's like Jesse Jackson and, and, and like Al Sharpton. How many people that's been, been selected by the media to be black representatives and leaders and they end up becoming rich off our struggle and we stagnant, you know? We got to yep. think about that. You know what I'm saying? We got to think about that. That's another thing. We glorify these leaders. It's like when you learn your history, many of us learn our history. Black people are acting like the Greeks. We want to learn our history to glorify us while we're in the oppressed situation that we're in. We need to look at them their, 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 the things they've done good and the mistakes they made so that we can learn and don't repeat the same mistakes or repeat history, reenacting things that they've done that has already failed us, you know? And, That's and, right. And so we have to, we have to really do uh, um, a paradigm shift. We got, you got to realize you're doing the same thing, expecting a different end result is insane. The only way that you can get something to happen that never happened before requires you to absolutely do something that you've never done before, you know? And, I, and that's where we got to start. That's where we got to start working at and stop allowing these people to come along. Oh, I'm, I'm the king called my consciousness and blah, blah, blah. All these eagles and stuff. I mean, it's sickening. You know what I'm saying? That's, it's like with me, for example. I'm my own leader, but I don't want to be a leader of people. And honestly, I'm afraid of fame because especially if you're revolutionized, a revolutionary of some sort, evolutionary, organi black organizer, whatever, when you become famous, that's when they start slowing you down, oppressing your actions, um, uh, slowing down your process and your development and your advancements. I'd rather do things behind the scene and don't get recognition, just get something done, you know? Um, I was just going to add to that, but you know, what happens too is a lot of us, I tell you why we get caught up and I'll, and I'll even say from my personal experience, you know, every day I wake up, um, I'm around people, but it's still a very lonely life because the people mm -hmm. that are around me are not about anything conscious. I'm watching what's happening in the world and no one in around that I am uh, is around me is having that conversation. And so what happens is, so you reach out, you know, we got social media, you reach out and you, you get a ping. Oh my gosh. Somebody is talking that com conscious community talk. Somebody is talking about actually doing something to help us unite because that's always my thing. I just want us to unite. I don't care if it's just your block uniting. I'm not talking about the whole world. We know that's, ne that's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. I know I was vulnerable to it. I have been vulnerable to it a couple of times. But then I also, like you said, you have, I also had to pay attention to the signs because one thing about me, my personality, Ray, is I don't watch what people say. I watch what they do. How are you moving? I watch the way people move. Is it the way, the way that you start, is it going to be the way that you finish? Are you consistent? That's what I'm always looking for. And so I see why it's very easy for us to be so vulnerable with it because we're so hungry. We desire. There's a number of us who truly desire to be out here and wanted to do something for our people. 
luckily though, I feel blessed because, you know, I found these wonderful group of sisters out here who's out here really about it. So sometimes it may just take five, 10 of us that are doing it, but I, I'll take it. <laughs> it's a start. It's a start mm -hmm. because it's the only way we can grow. We are all hungry. We are all hungry for that type of relationship and that growth. You see what I'm saying? But at the same time, going back to what you said, is that we have to make sure that we're building it in a way that gives it structure. It could be done. But I say, if it's going to be done, we don't need 100 people. Let's start off with a few. I always would say the work of 10 people could do the work of 100. Absolutely. If you have the strongest people, it's not going to take the world because what happens is the more people that you start putting together when we come in large numbers, and this is where we get in trouble. The more people, the more risky it gets. That's right. The more people, the more riskier it gets. Now people have got eyes on us. That's not the attention that we're looking for. Right. This don't have because they always think, well, what, what, what are they up to? Because you know what? The old saying goes, they're afraid that we're going to do to them what they did to us. It's like, we're not even thinking about y'all. <laughs> not to that level. You know what I mean? We got our own shit to work out over here. Right. Right. It is some sickos out here that are slave master envious, but I'm not one of them. And they sick just like the slave master is. <laughs> it's something that want to take their places, you know. Like you said, there's always going to be work to done. And, you know, and I know it's maybe that we might talking about, oh, this conversation has been had. But the reason why we're still having it, having it is because it's still happening. Absolutely. And, and my thing is like at, at this point, you know, by me being I'm still recovering from um, I'm a cancer survivor and I'm still recovering. But once I get my health back under par. My goal is to go out in my community and just try to try to bring, find out who's doing what in the community and organize the community, organize these different people doing things for black people in the community that are all divided and separated and, and bring them together so that they're working as a unit instead of one person doing one thing, another person doing another thing. There you go. You know, put it together. And make it an organization, and then you got you a committee. You got a community community that can come together and work together, and, and you know bring bring forth ideals to the community, and you know do things to support the community. And then the community won't mind supporting you and your thing. And then not only that, when the community support you, take what the what the community provide to support you and put it into building for the community, like businesses, brick and mortar businesses for black people mm -hmm. to go and work for, you know, something that they, they, they getting something to benefit them in their home and their household. And then the crime will go down because that's part of the black code and Jim Crow. They keep us in poverty and crime comes from poverty and then they can take us and put us in the plantations they call prisons now. You, you know, you could tell this guy, you know, you need to stop dealing drugs and this and that. But these people are feeding their families this way. And it, it's, it, it, you should have an alternative for them to help them provide for their families. And this is what we need to start doing in our communities. Once you do that, then, this, then he won't have to go out here and break the law to feed his children or, or put clothes on their back. That's right. And that's what I'm talking about. Look at the high number of child neglect um, in the state of, I mean, right here in Los Angeles, there are 600 children right now waiting to be just adopted. When you talk about child abuse, poverty, everything that goes on, isn't it something that you live next, you live next door to me. And I don't know that you and your children are starving because people are not talking to each other anymore. We're yeah. together, but we're not, meaning that we're we're sharing the same space, but we don't have communication because technology is taken away from that. Right. And so and we live in a very self-preservation society. Nobody wants to do it. I mean, just like you said earlier, Ray, you know, if 
five people are doing the same thing. Why not put that all together? We need a hundred dollars. Okay. You got 20, you got 20, you got 20. That's five $20 bills that we could put together to make a hundred. We can all work together mm -hmm. so we can put the money together so we can support the families. These children though, that's why I really think about when I talk about where as far as conscious communing and build, when you talk about building, I'm talking about for the sake of saving these children because these children are more vulnerable mm -hmm. and at risk more than ever than any time. You got to understand why the black child, the child is so angry and, 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 and violent and don't really value each other or their lives anymore because they're not, they're not ignorant. They know that they don't have nothing to look forward to. If they That's go to right. college and whatnot, at this point, they got to go out here and this. And then it, like, like Dr. Claude Anderson said, it should be a crime to educate your children then send them out to a black, white society to find a job working for white people. Mm. You know, that, you know, this is, this is a, it's a, it's part of the program. You know, it's like, I think I've mentioned that the last time about the, the slave mentality where you think yes. that you're not able to take care of yourself and you need this, need them to take care of you. That's, uh, that's what I think is our, one of our problems as well. This psychological slave mentality got us not, you know, it's funny, you know, we're one of the strongest labor forces in America. But when you talk about opening up black people, open up black businesses, hiring black people, the first thing a black person tell you, black people ain't gonna work. <laughs> but I, I'm looking at them like, you know, you know, how can you say that when you know dang well if you work for a white business and you black, you got to work twice as hard as them white people. Because if you don't work twice as hard as them, if you're only doing as much as they do, it's gonna get rid of you because they can get a good old boy to do what they doing. You know? That's right. It's crazy, man. I. I've listened to a guy the other day. This guy had on his little um, Moore hat, and his whole thing was on we're lazy, calling us lazy, calling us just calling us lazy and whatnot. It was in a group that I'm an admin, and I took the post out the group because first of all, he had it set up to where nobody could even come in. So you just want to dog out black people. He said that white people aren't racist; we're just lazy. I just took it down because. You know, it, you know, that's just self-hate. How, how in the world can you call us lazy when we work with, it, it, like we was talking about the other day, somebody get past a glass ceiling among their peers. If they if it's, a, if, if their peers are white or other races, non-black, that is a good chance you're the lowest paid person on that level. That's you know? right. That's right. Like, that's it, 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 and you got to understand. This is what I'll be talking about. How is it that we do everything that you can do in this country and be everything you can be in this country and still be poor? Because you go on your job and you start talking about how much you make and how much these make, they're going to get rid of you because that's how they keep it going. Like it is. Don't talk about your pay at work. Yeah, or they yep, that's exact. Oh my God, they do say that. They said, "Don't tell anybody what you're making." And yeah, I always yeah. wanted to know why they would say that because they knew that they were always underpaying us. Like I got a daughter that's she's uh, she's a, she's she's got her master's degree in business administration. Like my children, when they started going to college, my thing was to them. I told them my parents told me to go to college so that I can get a good job working for somebody on a good job. I told, I tell my children and, and the young people coming up now, go to college, not to work for somebody else, but to become an employer. We got to stop complaining about we going to white business and we complain about the majority of workers are white. Well, it's a white business. You know what I'm saying? If, if black people open up their own businesses, I would kind of look side-eyed at them if they, if they majority of their employees weren't black. And I want us to get to the point where we can go to each other for everything. If I, somebody Absolutely. got soap, I know somebody got soap. If somebody got vitamins, I know somebody got vitamins. Somebody got jewelry, I know somebody got jewelry. I mean, it goes on and on and on. We know somebody at this point that pretty much does everything. 
Shoot, if I could find you to put gas in my car, heck, I'll go to your gas station. I'll look at us first before I will go to the outside. And then if I can't find anybody in that industry, then I'll go as, a, as an alternative. But I'll look to my own first. Everything that I have, yeah. I think I, I did a, um, when I was doing my healing circle, that whole day I did everything I had on was black on. My hair was done by the black, pers a black person. My dress I had on was by a, 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 a black owned company. My jewelry, everything. So it That's can true. be done. It can be done. Our makeup down to our lipstick, everything. Our, we have the most talented, talented group of people out here. You see what no, I'm saying? No, when it comes to um, business. Yes. Hey, no you want to get well? I got you. You know what I mean? You got, <laughs> you got pain, aches. I got you. You know what I mean? We got somebody that can do mm -hmm. everything. And there shouldn't be any race of people who are not supplying their necessities as a people. When you have to depend on other people for your necessities, you're automatically in trouble. Because if you need other people that are not of your race for your necessities, well, who's they're in control of you. You're domesticated because you're looking for somebody else to provide you the necessities for you to live, you know? As long as they can do that, they absolutely got power over you. And honestly, we're the only people in America, black people, that doesn't have their own social economical support system. All the rest of the minority groups in America have their own economical support system. You know, we have to, we, we're dropping the ball. We're not doing that for ourselves. We really got to work on these things. As long as we depended on them for our livelihood, we have no power. Absolutely. And, and you made a point just now. I can remember when I was a part of the church and I never I guess I didn't think about this back then. The only thing they really taught us how to do was to tithe and give our 10 percent. But never did they ever have anything in place about economic power. How right. to grow right. your money, how to save your money. You have people giving their last dollar to the church bucket. Yet the pastor and his family, they're living beautifully, you know. Um, when they need something, they ask for it. When we need something, they just tell us what, pray about it. Oh, pray that you'll get that, your rent paid. You're on the street, you're hungry, but you're going to church because that's where you were taught to have faith, have faith in the Lord, you know, trust in him. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. But however, we need, we lack economic power. We are ignorant. Many of us are ignorant. I don't care how much education you have, even how much money you have. Having money ain't nothing. Anybody can have money, but how do you manage it? Nobody ever talked about that in the church. How do you manage your credit? How do you right. save money? How do you, um, you want to own a business? We'll bring some people in. So that way, everyone would benefit. The people of the, the congregation would benefit and the church would benefit because now, guess what? Now you got more money to give, right? If that's what mm -hmm. they're, they're looking right. for when you talk about growth, but they never talk to, they don't talk about that. And so that's why you want, you, you see these people in the church walking around all half crazy because you go in and get your five minutes of dopamine or your 30 minutes of dopamine. And then you go back to your, your crippling life. Your your crippling financial life. When you're not when you when the money's not right, then that's when depression comes and stress comes. And then people think about contemplating suicide. A rich man getting into heaven is hard is harder than a camel getting into an eye of a needle. You better say it. You better say it. <laughs> there you go. Actually encouraging you to remain poor and destitute. I had that experience myself. I was and this is what really, after this, I was done with churches. But I, I was going to the church. I was paying my tithes and offerings. And I ended up hurting my back and ended up having back surgeries. I was married, had a home and children and um, utilities and everything. You know, all my responsibilities. I go to the church for help. After I done paid all these years of tithes and offerings, the pastor didn't want to give me the money. Then I go to organizations to get the money. Then they find out I'm a member of the church. They make me go back to him. And then when I go back to him, he made me sign a paper agreement to pay him back the money that he loans me. And I, I was looking at that. And, and, and you know, it's, I started realizing 
I was at the church every time the doors was open when my back was hurt. When I was down and out, nobody came to see me. Nobody came to visit me at the hospital. Mm. Nobody called me out, you know. And so I just left the church alone after that, you know, because honestly, I, that's when I got my rude awakening, you know. That's you know, heartbreaking. I, 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 that's very heartbreaking. Well, it's a lesson we all need to learn. I Honestly, I'm glad it happened because it opened my eyes up. One thing about me, no matter, I'm not a loser. Either I win or I learn. Yeah. And like you, I learned more out of the church when I was in the church. I realized, I said, well, that wasn't teaching me nothing. <laughs> Until I went to start learning for myself and breaking down and understanding things and how this worked with that. I said, oh, my gosh, I wasn't learning anything. Again, that's why I call it the dopamine. Because when you go in, it's like getting a quick shot of booster. The, the band is playing. It's like going to a concert, getting you all emotionally hyped. And that's where we get all those emotions from. Churches emotionally hype you. I, I think they're the biggest uh, culprit of the conscious community, as far as I'm concerned, they're also in the pockets of the politicians. Yeah, not only that, when we put all that money into them churches, they take that money and put them into these white, even even when they call them black-owned banks, there's not really a black-owned bank because you're under the banking system, the same banking system. It's really just but white-owned banks with black front men. But at the mm. end of the day, they take these tithes and offerings and put them in these banks. And then guess who gets all the loans and, and everything benefit from over us? This is good, but we're going to have to wrap this. And this is going to have to really be another part because we can go on and on and on, Ray. <laughs> Absolutely. There's so much more I can tell you about this one. But yes, I appreciate you, sister. And I appreciate you having me come on. And I thank you for that. I really do. Yes, I appreciate you too, brother. And, you know, we got to keep having these conversations um, because it's about being aware. And the reason why I like having these conversations, and I told you when the boom lowers, I think we talked about this the other day, when everybody act like it's apocalypse, we'll be at home like, yeah, we, we already knew. We were already aware because this is a discussion that we've been having. Like you talk about the food source and, you know, even the weaponry, making sure that we're protected. You know, when white people were arming up, nobody said anything. But then when black people start arming up, it was a problem. Now, all of a sudden, there's a there's a shortage of, of uh ammunition and all these different rules and all these different things. But even before the pandemic, I used to always tell my family, we got to get uh, right. We got to start um, getting the canned goods and making sure that we got coal on hand and all these different things. And so it's always about being aware. And so I, I, what I'm finding that, like I told you out here where I am in Los Angeles, everything is so superficial. Nobody's talking about anything. Everybody just wants to talk about the price they paid or they purse or the watch they got on their arm or the vacation that they're going through. It's like, I feel like I'm in a, in the twilight zone sometimes. So it's, right. it could be very lone, like I said, it could be a very lonely feeling, could be very suffocating, but I'm always up for the mission and the fight. And I figure it has to be within me, just like it's in you. It has to be within us first to, from within to set the example for others. It's about really right. leaving a legacy for our children and they can in turn take what we are teaching them and teach it to their children. It's a process to purge ourselves of the programming and we're taking on all these Eurocentric culture, you know, and that takes a lot of, first of all, you need to stop their, doing their pastime, stop celebrating their holidays, stop working for them, you know, stop using, going to them for your social activities. You know, the more you can exclude them in their diet, stop eating like them. We have to know who we are truly within if we're going to be out here on this mission. We can't give anything that we don't have. And so, yes, we got to really go within deep. And that's the other. And I'll wrap up saying this is that I think that's one of the other issues that we have is that we don't go within enough. We are so mm -hmm. busy blaming others 
it's everyone else's mm -hmm. fault. But we have to learn to take responsibility because we are responsible for our own decisions. We can't go back 40 years and blame somebody else. Some You have grown adults still blaming parents for things that happened when they were children. And we're like, no, yeah. you can't go to the job interview and say the reason why you can't do something because what mama and daddy did. At some point, when are we going to grow up and take responsibility for our lives? Because like I said, at the end of the day, it's for the sake of our children that we have to be the example for them. We have to be the one to show them that, you know, we are strong, that we are confident, but we have to work up to that level. Thank you so much, Brother Ray, for coming on. Cindy, I salute you always, yeah. sister, for doing what you do. If it wasn't for you, where would we be? <laughs> and so I love you dearly. And so until the next time, thank you for coming on Is Miss Max Health and Culture and catch us on the next show. You see us next Friday. So our standard night is actually Friday at uh, 5 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Uh, these shows for now will be pre-recorded until I am done with the health season, which will be done December 7th. I don't know when they're going to keep, how long they're going to keep us on until I am able to fully go live. But please, and you know what? Please like this page, comment on this page. Am I in the right direction? Are you liking the content that you're hearing? I really want to hear from the people, okay? And Brother, Brother Ray, you have a wonderful evening. I wish you great health, brother, always. And you take care. And you guys have a good day. And 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 the sister that's over this this the um the podcast. Cindy Ashby. Cindy mm -hmm. Ashby, much respect and love. Thank you so much. You're doing wonderful things. I am so proud of you. Yes, you she know? is. Yes, she is. Okay, thank you. You all have a wonderful evening. Well. <laughs> you too. Good man. night. Bye bye. Watch me. Individual. Thanks for keeping the lights on, Diane. Cindy Ashman On the wake up. This is It's Miss Max, health and culture owner of Ministry and Wellness, where we offer alternative solutions for people dealing with sleep, stress, and anxiety. Did you know 70% of Americans only get one good night of sleep a month, while another 11% report having insufficient sleep every night? Let me help you get the rest you need while helping with your stress and discomfort through natural solutions that won't leave side effects. You deserve to be the best version of yourself. Visit ministryandwellness.com. That's ministryandwellness.com for my hand-picked and affordable selection. Have questions about our products? No problem. Book your free consultation with health and wellness advocate Maxine Sinclair or call 855-200-2774. That's 855-200-2774.